0: Welcome to the Building Up Leaders in Property podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Bangura, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me today. Whether you're an emerging leader or a seasoned manager in the property and construction industry, this podcast will help you elevate your leadership, build a cohesive team, and have more impact. Join me every week where I'll leave you excited and confident to take your next steps. Thanks for being here with me. Now let's get started. Welcome. I am so excited for today's episode. We are talking about the seven most common mistakes that leaders make and more importantly, what to do instead. Now, before we get into these seven mistakes, these really are the key things that I see time and time again, slowing leaders down. These are the things that are really big barriers to making progress and having the impact that they want whether it's in terms of the results they achieve, whether it's in terms of their team or their personal professional development. And I really invite you through this conversation to listen really openly. I want you to think about each of these mistakes and consider how does this apply to me? Because what our brain tends to do is one of two things. You will either go into avoidance mode, where you might just immediately dismiss something because it's not necessarily front of mind for you or not necessarily a problem that you have already identified for yourself, or you might go into the other extreme, which is thinking, oh my God, I'm terrible at this. There is so much work I need to do in this area. Now what I want to caution you against is either of those things. I want you to really stay open in this conversation and consider each of these seven mistakes and think about it from the perspective of what haven't I considered here and what can I do better? What are the opportunities to make progress in this area? And as always, the purpose of this podcast is never to bring us down or focus on all the terrible things happening in the world or our industry or with us as individuals. It is really about how do we take steps to get better in what we do as leaders? How do we take steps to create better results and better outcomes for our teams, for our businesses, for our industries, and ultimately for the people that we serve, no matter who that is? So keep an open mind and keep asking yourself, what applies to me? And, you know, if some things don't, that's fine. But even as I was going through my notes preparing for today, my mind was like, oh gosh, I can see how that plays out in myself. Or I can think of specific examples where that has really shown up for me. And this is a really wonderful place to start. So let's get into it. The first mistake I see is using your self-awareness against you. Now, if you've been here for a little while with me, you will know I'm all about self-awareness. I think that is a foundation of every good leader. They know themselves. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They know their values. They know what motivates them, what stresses them. And having that knowledge allows them to lead from a place of confidence, not because they are perfect in everything, but because they know who they are and they are second-guessing themselves or trying to be someone else or something that they are just not. And most leaders know this. They know that they need to have that self-awareness. But the mistake is that they use it against themselves. So this can show up in a few ways. One is that they focus on their weaknesses and try to improve those areas. And this is a real shift in thinking because certainly when I first studied management and leadership in my undergrad 20 years ago, there was a lot of time spent on talking about weaknesses and how to improve them. And I just don't think that is the right conversation to be having here in 2024 and beyond. I think what we need to be doing is talking about how I compensate for my weaknesses so that I can play into my strengths. Now, this means often getting support It means asking other people to help do the things that you don't do well. And an example of this might be, you may be a brilliant visionary. You may see the big picture, understand the goals, and see the strategy for achieving big things. But you might be lousy at attention to detail. Now, if that is you, that is okay, right? That skill of being a visionary is huge and that is your strength the attention to detail, no matter how hard you try, will never come naturally to you. But there are hundreds of thousands of incredible managers and leaders out there who are brilliant at attention to detail. You need one of those people in your team to be the person who takes your vision and works through the nitty gritty. And in that way, that person or those people complement your skill set. So we don't want you to try and be a well-rounded leader, we want you to lean into your zone of genius, what you do best, and use your self-awareness to make sure that the things you don't do brilliantly are covered off by other people. And this is why we need leadership teams and why every business's success is underpinned, not just by leadership, but also by teamwork. Because a great leader knows how to bring the right people together and to get everyone working on all cylinders to create the right results, and to have the right skill set to do it. So, instead of using self-awareness against you, I want you to think about who you are, what you do best, and use that awareness to make sure you have the right team of people complementing you to achieve the right outcomes. Which takes us to mistake number two, which is you don't know what your number one priority is. Now, this may sound silly, but it is very common for us to be working towards lots of things. We may have our business or our organization's mission statement and we're working towards things that align with that. Then we are working towards specific goals for our department and then for our team and then as an individual. And quite often we may have multiple things that we are trying to achieve. Most people do. That's very normal. But what the mistake is is that we don't know what the number one Thing is, we do not know the thing that is going to move the needle that we need to focus on as the key deliverable. There should always be one key marker of success and it should be easy to define, and everyone should know what that one thing is for them. And what I challenge you to do here is to take the time and really think this through. Write this out as a statement. My number one objective for 2024 is to achieve X by Z get crystal clear on what the key outcome is that you are working towards. Sometimes it will involve conversations with our peers or our teams or our managers or our leadership team to say, these are all the things that we are working towards. Can you help me understand what is the key thing? What is the number one thing? And this is so important because Often we have conversations, we share ideas and goals in isolation of the other conversations we've had and the other placeholders and goals we've set in the past. And we need to look at this holistically. And we always need a single focus. That's not to say that all of the other things drop away entirely. They don't. There's still goals. There's still things you're working towards. But you need to have one focal point. This takes us to number three. Once we know what that big thing we are working towards is, We need to be able to clearly articulate it. Communication is one of the hardest things for leaders to do. And that's okay because we can learn it, but we need to be willing to do that. And what I want you to walk away with today is how do I articulate the number one goal to people in a way that they understand and they can apply Now, we need to do this because first of all, what is the point of having an objective if everyone doesn't know it? We want everyone to be on this journey together to create the right outcomes. Now, how do we do that is tricky, right? Because we need a message to be simple enough that everyone understands it. But often in our businesses and in our work, what we are trying to achieve is very complex. It involves a complex strategy. But the key is boiling it down to the simplest message. And there's a quote from um, CJ in West Wing. It's probably my favourite show of all time. And CJ Craig is the um, chief of staff to the president. And someone says to her, you know, how long did it take you to get them across the line? And she says, more than five minutes, less than 20. And anyone that can't articulate their message in that time doesn't understand it properly. And, yes, I know it's TV, but that is an idea that I really challenge you to take on, Right. If we can't explain anything in 20 minutes, it's because we don't understand it well enough. And so the process becomes, what does someone need to know? How can we take them through an inductive reasoning process where we share the information they need to know so that they understand what needs to be done? And again, you don't need to figure this out overnight, but you do need to work on this because if we can't communicate well, if we can't articulate our message, then our message doesn't matter. So we want to make sure that we are always articulating our key messages in a way that is clearly understood and resonates with our audience. Hey there, I'm interrupting today's episode because I want to share something special with you. If you've been on a leadership journey with me through this podcast, you know that I'm all about empowering leaders. Now, I have exciting news. I'm about to open the doors for a new intake of coaching clients who are ready to take their leadership skills to the next level and achieve outstanding results. If you're eager to create sustainable success as a leader, I invite you to explore how my exclusive coaching program can help you reach your goal. Whether you're an emerging leader or a seasoned manager, this program is customised to get you results. Don't miss out on this opportunity to invest in your growth as a leader. To learn more, simply visit my website, rebeccabanguru.com, or you can find the link in the show notes. This is your chance to discover if the coaching program is the right fit for you. Okay, now let's get back to today's episode. Now, number four, which is that leaders rely on their charisma. Now, I would love to take credit for this, but this work really is from Jim Collins in Good to Great. I'll leave that book in the show notes. It is a fantastic book. But in it, he talks about level five leaders and the difference between a level four leader who, you know, they are top notch. They are achieving big things in the world. But a level five leader has humility. And so instead of rounding the troops up to follow them and what they are doing and what they think is right, A level five leader with humility takes the focus off of them. It is not about them. They've detached from their ego in order to have people follow the cause. This is tough and it requires us to leave our ego at the door, which is, you know, frankly, much easier said than done, but it's something that I think we all need to constantly strive for because when we do, we are focused on being of service. We are focused on impact. We are focused on results rather than focusing on ourselves. And honestly, when we make that shift, that is when brilliant things happen. And it's also when we are able to make the really tough calls. And this is number five, is often as leaders, we resist making the tough calls. Whether this is that something isn't working or the right people are on the bus, it can be any number of things. But time and time again, I see leaders knowing what to do. They know that something isn't right, but they resist the discomfort of taking action. And the truth is, as leaders, there are hard calls to be made. If you are someone that wants to surround yourself with yes men and have everything be sunshine and roses all the time, you are not cut out for leadership, right? We may all want that, but you have to be willing to have the hard conversations, to engage in conflict, to have robust tough discussions in order to create the best outcomes and in order to do that you really need to know what is important and I urge you to think about what are the tough things that you know you need to do in your role or you know you need to do within the business that perhaps you haven't taken on yet and really consider why you haven't and often again this comes back to likability. it comes back to wanting to be a nice person or being seen as a good person or avoiding personal discomfort, or making others feel uncomfortable. But in the same way that a personal trainer pushes you to an uncomfortable place, you are always more grateful to the trainer that did that and you leave the gym feeling stronger, fitter, healthier than the trainer that was soft on you, right? And this is how we need to think about our roles as leaders. It's not about cracking the whip. It is about having the right conversations, having the tough conversations when we need to, To create the right outcomes. So number six is not providing psychological safety to our teams. Now this is so important particularly in modern workplaces where we do have hybrid work or we have people working full-time from home. We don't necessarily have the same face-to-face connection that we once did and there is a lot to this. In fact I will do a separate podcast on this topic but I want you to be thinking about how do you show up and ensure that your team and your colleagues feel safe to speak up, to challenge, to raise concerns, to raise opportunities and take risks. And this is important not only from a duty of care perspective, but also from getting the best out of our people and creating a culture where people are valued, where people are respected and where ideas are shared openly and risk taking is part of the conversation and part of the culture which takes us to mistake seven, which is leaders who are constantly learning but not applying. Now, if you are anything like me, I am constantly listening to a book or listening to a podcast, and what we can do is consume so much knowledge. And, of course, we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to have that growth mindset. But the problem is is when all we are doing is consuming and not applying because knowledge acquisition for the sake of knowledge acquisition is pretty meaningless. We need to be able to discern the information we have and really apply it in practical ways to the work that we are doing. And I know for myself, this is a trap that I can fall into very easily because I love learning. I love hearing new things. I love growing my mind, but my mind as an asset is useless if I do nothing with it. So I encourage you as an exceptional leader, to really think about every time you listen to a podcast, every time you read an article or a book or see a post that interests you, I want you to first of all think, how does this apply to me, which is what we started today's episode with, but second of all, what action am I going to take from this? So how will you actually apply this in real time to your life? And I want you to not start the next book or the next podcast or the next course or program until you start to actually put what you've learned into practice because that is where the magic happens. And it is so easy to consume and think that we are growing, but actually until we start exercising those muscles, until we start doing the work and applying concepts that we learn and shifting our actions as a result, then we will never really see the benefit of all the knowledge we are gaining. And that is probably the perfect place to end today's conversation. I really want you to think about the seven mistakes we've spoken about and what to do instead, whether it's using your self-awareness against you, whether it's not articulating that goal and message well, whether it's leading with charisma rather than humility or struggling to make the tough calls or not providing that psychological safety to your team or whether it's acquiring knowledge and not applying it, whatever has really resonated with you today, I want you to commit to taking one action today that will help you overcome that. And again, the purpose of this podcast is to support you to be an exceptional leader. So take these ideas and put it into practice for yourself. Of course, I would love to hear which one of these seven mistakes you find yourself falling into and what corrective action you are going to take. So head over to LinkedIn, drop me a note. I would love to hear from you or head over to the website, rebeccabangaroo.com and get in touch. Have a beautiful day, my friends. And remember, this is a journey of progress, not perfection. Thanks for joining me on the Building Up Leaders in Property podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment and review the show if you found it helpful so that other people can find it. Or you might want to share it with a colleague. Thanks again. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you next time.